0: I will acknowledge on a human level, you know, in real daily life, it's freaking challenging to give your heart and soul to to a dream, a vision, life, and it doesn't work to give your heart and soul to a relationship and give everything that you thought was going to be for the rest of your life and get your heart shattered and get sideswiped and blindsided, to give your heart and soul to a project and it falls apart because of things like COVID or things like what I mean it it sucks it's hard it's painful you know it's easy to feel like cursed it's easy to feel resentful angry like shit is not um shit is not fair life isn't fair and I think it's okay I would say acknowledge all those feelings don't suppress those feelings feel those feelings acknowledge all those feelings but don't wallow in those feelings and don't get stuck in those feelings
1: you're listening to chats with Kat, where i catch up with my fellow millennials every week to share their journey of self-actualization overcoming fear and paving the way for a soul's purpose to shine through let's start that right here right now Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Chats with Kat. I hope you are all doing amazing. Pardon the hiatus on my front. I've been away for about a month, and it's because my computer got stolen, my apartment got broken into, and life has been very, 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 very chaotic. And I'm just trying to ground myself and figure out what next steps are. And now that I'm feeling a bit more regulated and centered... I figured, you know what, let's let's do this. I'm borrowing somebody's computer as I wait for my new computer to arrive to Mexico City in May. And I just couldn't hold on to this interview anymore. I feel like it is time for you all to hear it. And with that said, today I am bringing forth an interview with Coot Blackson. I discovered Coot when I was gifted one of his books, You Are the One, for my birthday, and the stars aligned, and I was able to bring him onto the show. So before we jump into our chat, I just want to give you a brief intro into who Kut is. So Coot Blackson is the son of a revered spiritual leader. By the age of eight, he was speaking to his father's congregations in more than 300 churches. At the age of 14, he was ordained into his father's ministry, preparing to carry out his father's spiritual legacy in Ghana. But his heart drew him to another path coming to the united states today he is highly sought out by major companies seeking to redefine their paradigm of success and inspire greatness he is known worldwide for creating the unique and revolutionary liberation experience where he travels with an individual client one-on-one across india for 14 days as well as the creator of the group process boundless bliss the bali breakthrough experience he lives in la and not only did he write you are the one but he has also authored the magic of surrender finding the courage to let go so I hope you enjoyed this chat as much as I did. There's so much wisdom that is going to be imparted on you, so I highly recommend keeping a notepad around or honestly, just coming back to this episode a few times because it's a lot to digest and I say that in the best way possible. So I'm going to stop talking now. You're going to know what I mean in just a few moments. So without further ado, here is my chat with Coot Blackson. Blackson Hi, Coot. Thank you again for being here with me. You already did this interview once and it was amazing. And it kind of feels like maybe some of the things that you shared in that first interview were just for me because it was lost. And so we're going to try this again. And it's going to be interesting to see what, what words you have to share with us now after basically a month has passed since our last interview. I'm going to ask you the same questions, but, you know, life is interesting. So maybe you have new tips and wisdom that you can share with us. Since the last interview,
0: sure, sure. Let's see how it unfolds.
1: Let's see. Well, let's kick off this chat with an honest check in. How are you feeling at this very moment?
0: Good. Yeah. Feel great. Feel excited. Feel ready.
1: You feel ready? All right. So, I want to hear about what it has been like to be you since 2020. What has your inner world looked like since then?
0: Wow. You know, there have been so many changes, so many shifts for me um, with COVID hitting it flipped so much uh, upside down in a very deep way. Um, So many changes, you know, when you write a book about surrender, I think the universe has a way to test you to evolve you to grow you to ensure that you understand the real essence of the book that you're writing. And so I think since 2020, it's been a Uh, sort of next level, deep dive, crash course intensive in sort of the advanced layers of surrender Uh, since COVID hit, everything shut down. I left LA where I was for 20 some years, moved to a house I had in Phoenix, which, you know, I visit every now and again, but was not a permanent place, was in Phoenix, relationship I had ended with the woman I thought I was going to marry. Uh, moved to Miami sold my house in Phoenix moved to Miami thinking I was going to be in Miami for you know the next 10 15 20 years a year later ended up back in LA uh, I mean the story goes on and on but it's been a really profound process of surrendering and allowing and I would say from this perspective today seeing seeing the intelligent unfolding of life and it in its creative organic way has been really profound because as I stand here and I look back, I understand so many of the things that unfolded in the last few years for me personally that needed to shift and needed to unfold and needed to happen. That many times when we go through things while we're going through them, it's not always clear why things are happening because we're still looking from the limited perspective of our current consciousness and evolution. And so there were many things that happened in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 that wasn't fully like I had a sense but now looking back everything makes sense and all the pieces of the puzzle uh, are kind of falling into place making sense and so it's been I'll be honest it's been very humbling to see how uh, I write about it I teach about it but it's been very humbling to see how I'm not in control and really not in control like I knew I was not in control but but it's been a confirmation that Wow, I'm really not in control. That there is a, uh, a deeper experience of this intelligence that is life, that is really doing everything and unfolding everything, and how it's been unfolding my life in a certain way. So, I would say it's also been a practice of, uh, of free falling in a way. You know, it's like I give this analogy sometimes that if you are walking a tightrope, and, and maybe you see people in the park where they walk a little tightrope from like one tree to the next tree and it's very low to the ground. Yeah, you fall off, it's easy. So for me, the last few years have been like walking a tightrope, but from the top of the skyscraper, you know, higher and higher and higher levels and, and really feeling, okay, can I, can I surrender through this? And can I surrender through this? And so it's been, it's been really practicing deeper level of, levels of surrender in every area of my life. And it's been it's been really beautiful, especially as I look back now and continue to.
1: So many of the folks that listen in on this podcast are in seasons of in between. We're talking folks just graduating college, people in their mid twenties and their early thirties who thought that certain plans were going to unfold and they haven't. And a lot of folks who are kind of coming to age in the era that we're in right now, which is very nuanced and complicated. And a lot of people that were. Bought into a trajectory that we were sold, don't have that trajectory anymore because the world has changed. And so we are now trying to figure out how to create a new roadmap, even though we thought we would follow the roadmap we were told all along. And so a lot of folks are having a difficult time surrendering. And sure. your book is such an amazing entry point to just like see proof that if you just surrender, 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 your life can turn out this way. And you just got to put yourself out there. But For a lot of folks, day-to-day life is requiring a certain Mm. level of surrender that is seemingly difficult because we don't know how to do it. A lot of us don't know how to do it. And so for those of us who are maybe just now being presented with like our first big opportunity in life in the context of COVID, because I think COVID collectively forced all of us to surrender, but on an individual level, for those of us who were on a path and now have been completely thwarted from that path not just because of our own individual decisions but because reality is literally different how do we show up in a way where we can actually believe that it's going to work out even though we're we're seemingly living in a reality that our parents didn't live in our grandparents didn't live in and we're having to write it off for the first time right now
0: yeah uh, you know but i would also say that our grandparents experienced the same thing You know, and our parents experienced the same thing that even back then they were faced with like nothing has changed in a certain way other than maybe the accelerated rate of change that is being accelerated with technology. But they went through experiences as things changed that they didn't know how to navigate and they didn't know how to navigate and they didn't, you know. And so on that level, I think the process of life as humans is similar. Um, you know like you said in the in-between but yeah life is life life is in the in-between we have this idea that life is when we arrive at some fixed point when we manifest that dream that goal when we get to some fixed point that we've made up but who made up that point as the point to get to to be happy and, and, and then we're sort of holding our breath to get to that point and then when we get to that point It's going to magically be okay. And then we get to that point and it's not. And sometimes we never get to that point. And so I think when we can realize that what life is, is the process, what life is, is the process and the the journey itself is the destination. We've been sold the idea that the destination is the destination, but the journey is the destination. So life is happening in the in-between. And if we're busy waiting for some moment to get to, so we can relax to feel or achieve to feel, then I think we will end up missing so much of life. That is the process. And this, this sense that like some moment is gonna be better. Some some moment in the future is gonna be better. Because the funny thing is, even when you make the gazillion dollars or the what have you, this, we're still like, well, when I get the 10 million, when this happens, when I have the third chart, when, there's still some, perception mechanism in the mind that tends to convince us that some moment in the future will be better and so I think if we can embrace that life is now life is this moment life is not in the future or in some destination and so yes I will acknowledge on a human level you know in real daily life it's freaking challenging to give your heart and soul to, to a dream a vision life And it doesn't work to give your heart and soul to a relationship and give everything that you thought was going to be for the rest of your life and get your heart shattered and get sideswiped and blindsided to give your heart and soul to a project. And it falls apart because of things like COVID or things like what's, I mean, it, it sucks. It's hard. It's painful. You know, it's easy to feel like cursed. It's easy to feel resentful, angry, like shit is, not, um, shit is not fair. Life isn't fair. And I think it's okay. I would say acknowledge all those feelings. Don't suppress those feelings. Feel those feelings. Acknowledge all those feelings. But don't wallow in those feelings and don't get stuck in those feelings and don't like get, get so contracted in those feelings. Because often when we go through an experience and things don't go according to plan, Many times what we think we want is just what we think we want based on who we think we are. And, and, and so I think we have to be willing to step back. When life doesn't go according to plan, we have to be willing. Yes, it's disappointing. We have to be willing to. The other thing I would say before I say what I'm about to say is, yes, things don't co- go according to plan. It's painful. So on a human level, allow yourself to grieve. You know, the last years, many dreams didn't happen. Many things didn't unfold. And many of us, we are carrying around sort of either conscious or subconscious subtle layers of grief inside that makes it very hard to get excited about the future, makes it very hard to want to surrender and open your heart again open and risk disappointment. And so sometimes we don't even know that we're carrying uh, layers of grief inside of us based on unmet dreams, unfulfilled dreams, unfulfilled expectations. And so on the human level, I would invite us all to acknowledge the grief. What have you not grieved? What has died? What have you not grieved? What have you not allowed yourself to grieve? And honor your grieving, honor the pain, feel it, acknowledge it, you know, cry, whatever you need to do to allow those feelings to move through, because if we suppress it and don't allow ourselves to grieve so that we can let go will always be carrying the grief and the pain and the resentment from the last few years or life, false you know expectations that weren't fulfilled, we'll be carrying that into our future. And it will not only rob our ability to be fully present in our future, but it will limit our ability to open our hearts to truly surrender to the new opportunities because we're still carrying uh, you know, unresolved pain from the past. So give yourself permission to grieve, to honor it, to feel it, To let go. It's okay because maybe something has died. Maybe your dream has died. Maybe what you thought was going to be has died. Maybe that relationship has died. Grieve it. Don't just push through and move on. Honor it, grieve it with the intention to move on. The other thing I'll say is many times when things don't go according to plan or happen, it is hard, it is difficult, it is disappointing. But often from the level of consciousness that we are today, and from who we are today, um, from the level of our conditioning, current ego's understanding, when we look at an experience happening, it happened, it didn't happen, success, failure, we're often not able to see because we're looking through the lens of the persona, we're looking through the lens of the ego, and so often we're not able to see the, the, the total possibility of what is happening in a moment, how that thing not happening, because we're looking from a very limited lens of the ego, We're not able to see how that thing going left instead of right, how it's connected to 15 other things over the course of 15 years. And so what can seem like the worst thing in that moment can sometimes be the best thing from the perspective of the soul. But we're only often able to understand when we look back three, four, five years from now and go, I see why that needed to not happen. because. Uh, I see why I needed to have that fail so I would move home so that I could heal something with my mom or dad, or so that I could walk into the coffee shop and meet my soulmate back home where I used to hate. But if that didn't happen, this wouldn't happen. But when it's happening, we're not able to see it. So while it's going on, what I encourage people is don't judge, don't project, don't even try and make up a meaning or interpretation. Because from that level of feeling like, ah, why is it not happening? You know, I'm feeling upset or sad. We often project meaning as to this is what this means. This is what this not happening experience means. It means this. So we contract, we collapse, we complain, we feel cursed. You know, it it means this, it means that, not realizing that many of the meanings that we project on that experience is limited to our conditioning, is limited to our ego. So we we often won't uh, uh, be able to discern the true meaning of an experience. So I invite people to not project the meaning and be willing to stay in the unknown for a moment. And rather than saying, this means that, this means that, this means this, stay open, stay curious and sit in the unknown for a moment and just sit with, okay, what is life showing you? What is the message of this? What is life seeking to unfold? What is the universe seeking to reveal? What, What better thing could be seeking to happen? And be willing to not know, Like I don't know why this is not happening versus, oh, I know why this is not happening. I don't know why this is not happening. Let me just stay in the curiosity and allow life to reveal. So there's usually a few reasons why dreams don't happen. Number one, the dream that you thought was the dream is not really the dream that is authentically aligned with your soul. You just thought it was. So who is it that made up that this was the thing? because many times dreams and goals that we seek to pursue are, are projections of unmet needs from childhood. You know, dad wasn't around, I didn't feel enough, I didn't feel beautiful, I didn't feel valuable, I didn't feel self-worth growing up, I was bullied, so if I can just get that body, that Lamborghini, that house, the car, that this, that thing, then I'm going to be enough, but it doesn't fulfill us. So the dream that we have is not necessarily the, the highest authentic expression of what our soul is here to fulfill. And so then life and the roadblocks of life are really kind of course correcting us. And show, but what we tend to do is we tend to push, harder in the wrong direction, which takes us in the wrong direction even quickly. And so if things don't work out, if things haven't unfolded, step back. And use that as a feedback mechanism to go inside and reflect what's true, what's authentic. Is there a deep, authentic goal, vision, dream that you need to like be honest about to connect with? Like, oh, I thought I wanted that because I thought it would make me look good. I thought I wanted that because this is what everyone was doing. I thought I wanted that because I wanted to please my parents, but now it didn't work out. I realized, you know, the truth is, if I'm really honest, this is what I really want. And, and so it may be an opportunity to get in touch with a deeper level of your own inner truth that can then help you get aligned. Sometimes things don't work out because it's just timing. Honestly, it's just it's really just not the season yet. And you know, you can put a, a cake in the oven and say, well, "I want it in two. I, I want it now." But if you put the cake in the oven and you only let it bake for like ten minutes, probably it's not going to be ready. It's it just it's just the fact. And so sometimes, from the ego's perspective, we want what we want when we want it now. And it's just not the timing yet. Things need to align. Things need to synchronize. You know, you need to marinate. The consciousness of the culture needs to catch up with the vision and the dream that you have for that that business. And so, you know, that's the opportunity to exercise patience and continue developing yourself, preparing yourself, so that when the opportunity comes, you're ready. Sometimes the third reason things don't unfold or, or go according to plan also is... You just haven't learned the lesson that you need to learn where you are with who you're with on a soul, spiritual level. And so, yes, when you go through experiences that that don't go according to plan, it's hard, especially if you are looking at life from the ego level or the goal line. But if you see yourself as a soul, I think first you have to shift your context and frame of reference of understanding who you are and seeing life. Because when you understand who you are as a soul, It changes your relationship to what you're going through. On some level, it doesn't matter what you go through. It matters how you grow through it. And and I think it really helps if you just understand that you're first and foremost a soul. If you're a soul and a souls we incarnate into this human experience in order to learn, in order to grow, in order to evolve, that life is like a university for our soul's evolution. Life is the school for our soul's growth. Like every experience that happens, every pain, every heartbreak, every relationship, everything that we go through is a part of our teacher and curriculum for our soul's growth and evolution, so that we can grow and realize more of who we truly are and become more of our authentic self. In that level, the only thing, the only thing that is going—I mean—looks like there's success, there's job, there's work, there's relationships, there's movies, there's vacations. But this whole simulation, you could say, is a self-interactive energetic process called living that is the feedback mechanism for our growth and evolution we incarnate to evolve on the spiritual level that's it the job the this the that is is serving that if you understand that that you're a soul and you're here to evolve it does you know on that doesn't mean you won't feel certain things but on a deep spiritual deeper context everything is serving your evolution and if you really get that then no matter what happens, it doesn't really matter what happens. What matters is what you learn from it, how you go through it. so I would say, use whatever is happening as, use whatever is happening as an evolutionary opportunity to step back and go, okay, I didn't manifest that. Success is not whether you manifested it or not. Success is the degree to which you learn the lessons you need to learn based on what is happening the reasons you attracted that experience and so long as you're learning the lessons you need to learn and becoming more of your authentic self you are succeeding it doesn't matter if that dream didn't happen you are succeed. you you could you could manifest the vision the dream you want the career you wanted to manifest but if you became more disconnected if you became if you betrayed yourself along the way if you became miserable along the way if you lied, stole, cheated along the way, if you didn't grow and evolve along the way, I'm going to propose, but you manifested that vision and dream, I'm going to propose that you devolved and you fail. And, and so when you understand the, the sort of soulistic way of seeing life, then you remember the whole point of this process of living, this whole simulation is growth and evolution. And if you're focused on growth and evolution, you can never lose. You can never lose. That doesn't mean there's not disappointment and that doesn't mean there's not like frustration. But if you're focused on the growth and evolution, how can I use this experience from a growth and evolution? What is my soul seeking to learn from this experience? What is my soul seeking to learn from COVID? What is my soul seeking to learn from this freaking breakup? What is my soul seeking to learn from this person betraying me? You will win every time. And if you win every time, it will change your relationship to life doesn't mean there's no frustration and disappointment and human feelings, but you will win every time so long as you're growing and evolving. And so I think if you can come at life from that paradigm, it shifts your relationship to life and it starts freeing you in a very profound way. Let me pause there.
1: Wow. I loved all of that. I needed that. Everything you're saying, I told you this in the last interview, I really felt like I needed it. And what you're saying is also, it's kind of bringing up this noticing that I've been pondering on lately. It's interesting to, for me to be in a period of life where I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to be neutral, right? There's a lot of things happening, but neutrality, okay, let's observe. But it's interesting to notice that the people I interact with are kind of expecting me to be more riled up as if me choosing a more neutral approach and not trying to figure it out is not the responsible thing to do. And so that's one noticing, that. A lot of folks have been reflecting to me, oh, wow, wow, we're so so calm. And in my mind, I'm like, well, what am I supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to be like panicking? Is that me showing people that I care or that I'm taking my life serious? Is it that we are so disconnected from the approach that you're talking about that when you choose to step back and be like, hey, I don't know, society, because of the way we've been conditioned to do X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 when you choose that, you look like you don't care. And so it's been interesting to navigate that within myself to not internalize that energy that they're giving me, that projection into me feeling like, damn, I should actually be taking this more serious or something, when in reality, the actual answer is that I really don't know what the hell's going on and I'm not gonna figure it out because I'm not supposed to know until later once this has already done its thing. And so it's just interesting to kind of feel like an outsider because I am adopting this perspective and very much though feeling like by, by, by my peers who are not taking this approach, I'm falling behind or something. And mm-hmm. it's taking a lot of energy to repel that and to stay in this frequency because a lot of folks don't adopt the model that you're talking about. And to navigate society, trying to live this way, as you very well know, it takes a lot of conscious energy to not internalize the way that other people are doing it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I will say, Is that I'm wondering, because you've traveled the world, because you are part of many different cultures, like you embody many cultures, have you noticed anything within America and like the American way that is different than other countries, other societies? other ways of living that puts more pressure on us like do is is this just like a common theme for everybody to just want to know the answer or have you noticed that there's more pressure here than there are in other places because this is something i've always contemplated like is it just that i'm in the wrong place is it that i'm in the wrong society um do other people live a more easy life what what have you yeah
0: noticed? yeah i th- i think you know i think it's it's a human natural human you know, process and experience this desire to know. Maybe you could say it's a bit more prevalent in America because we are more westernized. We are more uh, conditioned in the, you know, mental, scientific, left brain, masculine, you know, modality of trying to understand life rationally, you know, left brain understand things, which might be a little different than certain cultures in, you know, the East. However, I think on a whole, this constant need to know is a human mechanism. And what is it that needs to know? What is it that is constantly seeking to know is the ego. It's not bad. Let's just first say it's not bad. It's just a mechanism of the ego. The ego is that... The ego is what we mistakenly perceive ourselves to be, that we've been conditioned to believe ourselves to be by uh, parents, society, media, religion, it, you know, childhood experiences, name, body, form, you know, experiences, trauma, success, failures, memories growing up that we then hold on to and identify as ourselves and as a sense of me. So ego is what is constantly needing to know. You see, the ego's job, and, and, and so much of our society, especially in the West, reinforces our own egoic identity, right? It, it, cultures in Bali, cultures in India, cultures in certain, are much more devotional cultures connecting to uh, 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 a sort of, in more relation to life and the divine and the cosmos and nature. Doesn't mean the perfect cultures. But in a generalized sense, so there is a less egoic self-centered focus in the West. there's a bit more egoic self-centered focus. And then you've got advertising and TV and social media and you know, retailers, just just bombarding and hypnotizing us to you, you you're this little body, you're this little body, you're this ego, you are you, you are you, you're, you know. And, and so there is the gravity of the matrix that conditions us to believe we are this ego. And so the job of the ego, twofold, number one, to reinforce its existence. The job of the freaking ego is to reinforce its existence. And the job of the ego is to protect you from getting hurt again, like you were hurt when you were five, like you were hurt when you, and so the ego is a conditioned, energetic pattern response to certain experiences that happen when you were young. Like maybe dad wasn't around, mom was a bit, you know, an alcoholic, and so you felt unsafe growing up. This is just a scenario. Maybe one felt unsafe growing up and it felt so helpless and out of control. And so we learned to like try to shut our feelings down, go into the mind, go into the mind, analyze everything. Because if I could like figure everything out, analyze everything, analyze everyone, analyze it, then then that would mean that I wouldn't get hurt as much if i was just feeling the sort of expansiveness of the unknown so now we take that way of being into our adulthood and we try to figure everything out because we mistakenly believe if i can figure everything out understand everything then that will lessen my possibility of feeling pain and helplessness so the ego really is a reaction and a response with good intention it's an adaptive pattern that worked for us when we were five maybe when we're 10 maybe when we're 15 But usually, we reach a point in our adulthood, and this is the process of life and evolution, whereby 25, 35, 45, it starts to limit our relationships, limit our peace, limit our freedom. And living that way, we usually reach a limitation at some point in our life of the limitation of the ego's ego's capacity to manifest life. That's the breaking point. That's the surrender point. That's the beginning of, 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 of healing and freedom and transformation. That's the hero's journey. And so... Yes, the ego is constantly trying to figure out everything. We mistakenly believe if I can figure out everything, then I can control everything. If I can control everything, then I'm not going to get hurt. And so it's not bad. It's just limiting. So what we have to do is not fight that. We don't have to fight that, judge that, make it wrong. It's just a natural self-protective urge. What we have to do is recognize we are not the ego. We are not our feelings. We We are not our emotions. And if you can start recognizing that, then you can cultivate a different relationship to the ego so that when this need, you know, this primal need to figure everything out kicks in, which is often rooted in some fear, then, then, then rather than just buy into it and just run around like a crazy mouse, we can just observe it and meet it with love, meet it with compassion, meet it with kindness, breathe through it, relax. You know, relax. Remind ourselves: okay, now is not then. Now is not when you were fired. Now is not that moment. And, and, and just the more we can just meet ourselves with a presence, so you're not denying, ignoring the internal feeling, but you're meeting yourself in a whole different way with love, with compassion, with tenderness, with kindness, with with this, with a with some presence. And when you can meet yourself and the fear with presence that is driving the ego, then usually. The ego, the the pattern, the the constant need to figure things out as an example, can begin to just relax for a moment. And that's when surrender can begin to can begin happening. And so I think it's natural, but then we have to learn how to relate to those parts of ourselves with love, with compassion, with kindness, so that we're not denying, like, "Hey, be quiet, surrender. We're like, thank you. I understand. i you know, I appreciate this desire to figure it out, it's okay. Then we can just be with ourselves. I'm with you. Then we can look at, this is what's in my control. This is not what's in my control. And then that part of us can like relax a little bit, you know? And so we start developing that inner cooperation with that part. But, you know, what I would say is, yes, I think in America, the West, there is a hyper-focus on that. But the truth is, even when we think we know, we don't. I mean, how many times have we thought we were sure about something? We were so sure about a relationship. We were sure about, and it turned out to so not be that way. And sometimes when we think we really don't know, we don't have a clue, we're actually closer than, than when we actually think. And so I think the, the degree to which, and this is the freedom in life, the degree to which we can embrace the unknown is the degree to which we can experience freedom, the degree to which we can be open and available And that's when the magic happens. I give this analogy that, you know, and and some people might go, but you know that I'm going to, I'm going to challenge everyone listening that might doubt what I'm saying. You don't have to be spiritual. You don't have to be into any of this shit. Just if you're a human being, you will not be able to argue with what I'm saying next. If everybody thinks about the greatest sexual experience, if you listening, everyone, You think about your most blissful sexual experience with your lover. Everyone just think about it for a moment. When you and your lover were together, you and your lover were in each other's arms, kissing, making love in the throes of passion and and you just felt the connection, the ecstasy. It was ecstatic. It was blissful. It was beautiful. You you would wish it could go forever. What made it blissful? Did, and this is a question for everyone listening, Did you come to that lovemaking experience with an entire 700 page note plan book? Okay, this is going to be the sexual experience for the night, honey. Okay, minute one, turn 14 millimeters to the right. Then you're going to like put yourself on the bed at exactly 9.7, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then in minute three, honey, don't move because we've got a plan here of what's going to happen throughout the night. no i mean if we made love that way it would be freaking hell no but we would all be celibate because it would be so damn painful and that's how we live life we, we try to control everything imagine you're trying to like with your lover no no you move too much you kiss me too part of why it's blissful and this is why it's the nature of life part of why love making is so blissful when it's blissful but if you think about your worst sexual experience it was either you weren't connected to the person or with the wrong person or it was like just trying to control everything and it was painful and so part of why it's so blissful is because you were in the flow because you didn't know what was going to happen next like if you made love to your partner and you knew this is exactly what's going to happen every freaking time they're going to do this you you get so it'll be like why even bother part of why the lovemaking is ecstatic in those moments is because we surrendered we let go of control we didn't know what was going to happen Maybe an energy moved and was like, what the hell happened? I don't know. I don't know. You You just became one with each other. And that's the invitation for life and living. Yet we're scared. What is scared? The ego is scared. Because surrender and letting go for the ego, for the reasons I just said, feels like a death. A death of its identity. The ego always wants to reinforce its existence. One of the ways it wants to reinforce its existence is... To control everything, because we believe if I, I, small I, I am the one that is doing everything. I am the one that's always in control. I am the one that's always making things happen. Then I must be real and I must be existing. But the true freedom is when you surrender. Like Jesus, there's not a religious conversation here, but Jesus was a miracle worker. And he said a code. He gave us a code. He said, it's not the things that, he said, it's not I that does the work the father that does the work through me he knew it wasn't like yo i'm jesus i'm the man it's all me it's all me i'm it. no he's like i don't do it it's the universe It's divine intelligence it's the goddess is god is the source energy that does the work through me he knew that he was not the doer and i think that's when the magic happens Now, you can live your life based on a very sort of ego-driven control paradigm. You can. And you can manifest that way, but it will often lead to a limited life. A limited life. But I'm talking about an invitation to an unlimited life. A life that is bigger than what you can imagine. A life that is bigger than what you can plan. Uh, Because when you live life from the level or the lens or the paradigm of the ego, which is, is okay. Don't get me wrong. You can live that way. Whatever you create from the level of the ego will be limited because the mind and the ego is still limited to past experiences and conditioning. But when you allow yourself to surrender into the unknown and allow life to flow through you, allow life in its intelligence, then life kind of reveals itself. Then you're taking the limitations off of life and life is emerging from a deeper intelligence than your logic and mind, which is limited to past programming and time and space. Now you're playing an unlimited game. And that's the magic. It just depends. Like, you you want more magic or not? It's okay either way, you know. But but just because you're surrendering, just to be clear, doesn't mean being irresponsible. You know, I hear people say, I'm going to surrender, but I'm going to, like, you know, ask this person for money, ask that person for money, borrow money from my parent, and be irresponsible, make everyone else responsible for my life. That's not surrender. I'm going to surrender and go with the flow and uh, snort cocaine because I just go with the flow. That's not surrender, right? I'm going to surrender and not exercise. I'm going to surrender and not sit down and write that book that I know I need to write because I just don't feel like it. I'm going to surrender and eat 14 tubs of Hagen dazs because it's just the flow of what I feel. That's not surrender. That's just being a slave to your biology. That's being a slave to your conditioning. That's being a slave to your wounds, to your programming. Sometimes surrender. So surrender is to feel the deepest, you know, the deepest truth of what is seeking to emerge. What is, the, what, what is life seeking to express through me? What is God seeking to express through me? What is the universe seeking to express? And the deepest truth of what life is seeking to express through you, to surrender to that, to align with that. And then you go into action. Then you can make your plan. Then you can go into action. And it might sometimes mean that you have to take certain actions that you don't feel like taking because you're not in the mood, but you have a deeper commitment to something bigger. I don't feel like sitting down and writing my book because I'm not in the mood. I'd rather be outside in the sun. But I'm going to sit my ass down and write this book because I know that there are lives that need to hear this book and there's a, there's something I'm more committed to than just a fleeting mood in the moment. And so surrender is, with surrender actually comes profound responsibility. I'm sure Gandhi, didn't feel like doing some things in the moment. I'm sure Mother Teresa didn't wake up every day in the mood. I'm sure Martin Luther King didn't wake up every day feeling like marching. I'm sure Mandela didn't feel like doing what he needed to do because maybe it might lead him to 27 years in prison. And so surrender is not an abdication of responsibility or laziness. It is a profound commitment to a deeper truth. That's the key.
1: That's the part a lot of people don't realize. There is a level of discipline that's required to make this happen. It's not like the universe will just always give you things just for the sake of giving it to you. You have to do, you have to make certain decisions to show the universe that you are treading down a certain path. And to tread down a certain path, you have to make conscious decisions all of the time. And I understand that right now, there's so many options. There's so many things to do. There's so many things to watch, so many shows, so many movies, so many places to go. So many things you could be doing instead of doing what you really need to do. And so it's easier to get
0: off of the path. Let me me say something about that real quick, real quick. Very good point. Here's what I find. The deeper I go, the less choice I have, the freer I feel. I want people to really get that the more in ego you stay on surface, the more choice you think you have. I can do this, and I can do that, and I can do and I. the more limited you are. But when you really, really, really surrender, it's like, this is my truth, the less choice you have. I mean, yeah, I guess you could do that, but it's just, it's like, when it comes to a certain point, Mandela didn't really have a choice. He could have said, no, I'm not going to go there because that might lead to me being in prison. So I'm going to, you know, not go there. But there came a point where he surrendered and he's like, I don't really have a choice. I need to walk this path. And that's a deeper freedom. Because when you really surrender, then there's certain things you know you can't do anymore. You used to be able to hang out with that person. You used to be able to drink that, smoke that thing. It's just like. For me to go to where my soul is seeking to take me, that is no longer in alignment or a vibrational match. That would be nice to smoke that, drink that, hang out there, do that, have sex with that, blah, 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 whatever it is. But it's no longer choice. And when the choice arises, which it might, might sometimes, it's no longer choice. Doesn't mean we're perfect, but, you know, it's just no longer choice. It's, it's just like, this is a very superficial example. Very superficial, but just to make it like practical for a second. I exercise every day, primarily because I want to feel healthy. And if I'm not healthy and energetic, I don't have energy to give to give to the world. And the more energy I have to give to the world, the more people I can serve. That's really it. It's Not just look good. It's no. I want to have energy to be able to fulfill my mission. So I choose to exercise every day because exercising every day, I feel energized when I exercise. I feel good when I exercise. And the better I feel, the more I can give. I make it a choice to not be a choice. So it's not even a choice. It's not a choice. It's not even a freaking choice. Today, it's not a choice. Do I feel like it this morning? No. Did I feel like it yesterday? No. Did I feel like it the day before? No. Do I do it yet? Because it's not a choice. When you take that off the table, then it doesn't matter what your mood does because your mood will do whatever it does. There's a commitment to something different. And so I wake up, my mood is like this. And, and the commitment is like this, and you still take the step and you keep going. And so when you really surrender, it's like thy will and my will become one. That's where the freedom is. And when, when you when you do that, that's when grace happens. And often people want grace, but they're not willing to do their part. They do they, they go to God and pray, like, God, please help me. I'm in this situation. The last few years have been terrible. Help me. God's like, well. You didn't do your part, you, you know, so, so we have to do our part. You know? And I think when we truly do our part, this is another thing, when we really like, I give a relationship example. If anyone's ever been in a relationship and you know deep down you didn't give everything, you held back, we've all had those. You held back, you didn't really give everything, you were afraid and then it ended and you were full of regret. But if you've ever had a relationship and I had one of these, where you gave freaking everything. You put your heart and you gave everything. Like genuinely, you can say, there's nothing else I could have given. Didn't work out. It will be painful. You will need to grieve it, but there will be a deeper level of peace inside of you that will enable you to let go because you know there's nothing else I could have done. It hurts, it sucks. I have to grieve, my heart's broken. But there will be a peace In knowing you gave everything. And that's the freedom. That's the surrender. And many times we can't surrender fully because we haven't given everything fully from our side.
1: Everything that you're talking about is leading me to think about what it has been like for you along your journey to create a container, an incubator, an environment for yourself that has allowed you to walk in this direction, to choose this path. Because what I'm noticing, I really just tweeted about this today, is I'm walking into certain environments, and now I'm I have a visceral reaction. My body is like, "You got to get out of here. This is not where you need to be." And it's reminding me that I have to be very conscious about who I surround myself with. I have to be very conscious about what I do with this energy, because the energy goes wherever you make it flow. And Mm -hmm. so, what what are your steps? What are your what's your process to ensuring that? the environment, the people, the interactions, the choices that you make are are helping direct you to a certain place. And if you can think back on what it looked like to begin shifting, where you were like, ah, I noticed that this isn't working anymore. I gotta go this way. What was it like to pivot? And and what did it feel like within yourself? And if anything, how did your, your old environment react to you as you were choosing another one? It is like a lot of questions, but it's just like a lot of conscious, a lot of conscious decision. Well,
0: well, look, I, I think as you start letting go and as you start shifting and as you start healing and as you start peeling away layers of old conditioning naturally, you know, as you start dropping old, part of surrender is surrendering old, you know, identities that you've been living, right? As you start getting more authentic within yourself naturally, people that resonated at that that vibration or were attracted to that version of you will drop away. So there will be a natural weeding process. You know, many times when we be who we think we need to be, you know, to get love validation and approval, then we track people that love the version of ourselves that we're being in that moment. It's just how it is. But then when we start deepening and becoming more of who we are, and dropping that identity then they will often either evolve or drop away so there is a natural dropping away so the more unconscious you are you could say the more people and this is not better or worse good or bad or any moral judgments but the more unconscious you are the more people there are to hang out with it's just the nature of life it's just more people that are just hanging out not thinking about anything more than just getting laid drinking smoking having pleasure in the moment, just feeling good at all costs, nothing wrong with it. It's just a dimension of life, right? And, and so the more you're rooted in that, the more people there are. But the challenge is as you evolve and grow, the pyramid gets smaller and people drop away and there's less people at higher levels that will be evolving and walking the path because it requires more surrender. And that's that's a natural So the quantity of connections will likely lessen. The quality will deepen. That doesn't mean you can't have a lot of associations, but the quality will deepen because less people are willing to go to to, to sort of elevate themselves in consciousness. It's just how it is. It's just how it is. And so it's no different than like there's less people running multi-day 100-mile ultra marathons, right, than 5K races. You go to a five k race. There's fucking LA marathon. There's fifty thousand people. How ultra, you know, ultra hundred k marathon. There's like, I'm not running it, and I'm fit, and you. So, so there's just less people in consciousnesses. Less people, and so I think that's something we have to make peace with. And so, yes, you will lose people. That's a sign of your evolution, but it's not like y- y- you have to even like exclude them. Everyone's invited if they're willing to evolve, just not everyone is willing to evolve. And that's okay, because everyone has a different path. And so if you can just make peace with, not everybody will evolve with you. And that's just a sign of growth. Likely, if everybody that you started out with from kindergarten was still your best friends, probably you're not evolving. Probably you're not evolving, unless everyone is evolving. Probably you're not evolving. And so the nature of life has changed. And I think the more we can give ourselves the permission to let people shift and let people change and let allow ourselves to move into different environments. Because sometimes from our own ego, we don't, we're the ones that don't allow ourselves to go into different environments to allow ourselves to let go. Cause sometimes we were afraid, Oh, if I become abundant and wealthy in new frequencies, then I'm going to leave my mom behind. Then I'm going to leave my siblings behind. Then I'm going to leave my family behind. And, and I feel I feel bad, so I just want to, like, let me just shrink a bit so I don't leave them behind because I love them, you know? And, and so we're the ones that have to look at that and, and give ourselves the permission to elevate. We have to realize that playing small and being small energetically, vibrationally, or holding ourselves back doesn't serve anybody. All it does is keep you stuck and keep others stuck. The greatest gift you can give the world is being yourself and being the fullest, biggest version of yourself, whatever that is, because that becomes an energetic invitation for those around you to step up and rise. Everyone is welcome. The challenge is when you rise up into your shining more, not everyone will be happy. Not everyone will like it because a couple of reasons. One, they might like who you were before because who you were before was giving them what they wanted. And now you're no longer giving them what they wanted. So they're like, you've changed. Yes, I have changed. And and, and so many times from their own agenda, people want you to be what you were. This is not the nature of life. It's, It's evolution. The other thing is sometimes when people see you growing into your power and going into your magnificence, they'll try to pull you back. They'll try to shit on your parade. They'll try to sabotage. Often it's out of their own fear. Two reasons. They're afraid of losing you. And what that means, that if you keep growing, that they're going to lose you. So the way they don't have to handle this, pull you back, judge you, pull you back. Or you remind them of where and how they themselves are not growing. And so when they see you shining your light, they have to face the ways in which they're not. And that can feel painful. And so rather than deal with that, they're like, shit on your parade again. Because then if they bring you down, then they don't have to face and look at the reality of how they're not expanding. And so I think we just have to, we just have to be committed to being ourselves. It's a commitment. It's, gra- it's like gravity. We have, look, I'm gonna speak something very honest. A lot of self-help teachers and what have you will say, yeah, everybody's gonna fulfill their potential. The truth is not everybody will fulfill their potential in this lifetime. That's the truth. Not most people will not fulfill their potential in this lifetime. Most people will stay small, live in fear, live in ego. It doesn't have to be that way. And so we have to decide will I be one of the few that crack the code? Will I, will I choose to be one of the few that break out of the matrix? Will I, and so we have to have an intention that is so clear unapologetic, and unwavering that, yes, I will break through the gravitational pull. Because there is, like, when a plane takes off, there's a gravitational pull to break through. But once it breaks through, it takes off. Most people don't break through that gravitational pull. Will I break through? And your intention has to be clear, sincere, and committed. Because most people won't. But I think it's a disservice to yourself, and those around you, to not. I agree. And sometimes it means grieving. Look, grieving. I have lost. I have lost so many friends. Mm -hmm. Not because of anything I was trying to do, just because I was on my path of evolution. I've lost so many friends Mm -hmm. because they just weren't growing at the same rate or same pace. It's okay. And so you might have to grieve. You might have to you know, bless them and let them go. And, you know, some people I had to choose to no longer be around consciously because they just weren't a vibrational match anymore. And that's okay. And it's okay. You know, it's really is okay. And you bless them and you release them. And sometimes it doesn't mean you can't love them. You just may have to love them in a different context. You just might have to love them in a different form. You might just have to love them in a different way, a different expression, but the love doesn't have to change, you know? And and what I had to realize that it may sound strange, it may make sense, may not, maybe it will provide something for someone. I also had to realize that when I would hang out with certain people that either were stuck, weren't evolving, you know, and I felt so energetically drained when I would hang out with them because they would just... Stuck in their victimhood, stuck in their heaven. They were more committed to their victimhood than evolving. And I tried everything I could to help them grow, but they just refused to evolve. So then you have to realize it's not your job to change people. It's not your job to be responsible for someone's evolution. You can provide an invitation. You can provide a hand. But if someone just repeatedly isn't willing to step up with you, you can't force someone to grow you can't make someone grow. And so sometimes you have to, to bless them and allow them to be just where they're at and have their process and love them as they are. And there were certain people that I had to choose to like have a perfect relationship with from afar. And I love them, but I just don't hang out with them because it's just, it's so heavy. It's so toxic. It's so un- like, I'm just, I leave exhausted. And if you are committed to a purpose that is bigger than yourself it becomes irresponsible to keep in that situation because what i started to see was if i now have a responsibility to impact thousands millions of people and i hang out with that person one time just out of i don't know memory lane out of sympathy out of deal out of what have you and now that really severely depletes me and inhibits my ability to serve a 1,000 or 2,000 or 5,000. Now I'm taking away from a bigger purpose by just trying to like be responsible for one person. And that now is also, I think, not responsible.
1: Yep, I agree. Oof, that was a bar. Well, I think this is a perfect segue into our final question, which is, if you could share one piece of advice to everybody listening what
0: would it be? Wow, I think I've shared a few things today, but one, one, maybe, uh, maybe one thing I would just say, I forgot if I said this last time, but just folks, remember, you're going to die. It's the bottom line. You're going to die. Doesn't matter what you're going through, what you're not going through, you're going to die. And so feel your death. There. There's no escape from this thing called life. Life is beautiful, life is sacred, life is precious. Tomorrow is not a right. Sometimes we live like we are going to live forever and we waste time in situations. When you remember you're going to die and it could happen any moment, it, it kind of brings things into perspective. Jesus died, Buddha died, Mother Teresa died, Gandhi died. Every person that was born has died. And so feel your death. Hold it close. Because those people that got into an accident today or a natural disaster, they didn't know that they weren't going to come home that night and you know, look their loved ones in the eyes and say, hey, I love you, uh, forgive me. You know, We never know when that moment will come. And so if death came, would you be ready? If not, why not? What's unsaid, what's ungiven, what's uncommunicated? Don't mess around. This life thing is short. Most of the things that we are worrying about Most of the things we are stressed about, we won't give a shit about on our deathbed. We won't even care. Caring what people think about you that you didn't know two years ago. People care what people think about you that won't be thinking about you when you're dying. When you're dying, they're not even going to remember you. Or when you're dead, they'll come to your funeral, eat some nice cakes and tea, and we'll go on about their life and we're wasting our lives giving them so much power, feel your death because we will all die. And I think, you know, life gives no refunds. And you know, when you meet your maker, you can't go to God and say, can I get a refund on those seven years, on those three years, on those six months in that relationship I, I knew wasn't right. And so feel your death. Use death as a wake-up call what's real and what's real is now life is not perfect I'm not some you know I'm not some Pollyanna kind of life coach Pollyanna like yeah let's just feel good no no I'm not even an optimist I'm a realist I like to see life as it is not half full not half empty it's just this is what it is and how can we deal with what it is to evolve to grow and transform and so, life is precious, folks. Do your death.
1: Thank you so much, Coop. This conversation was phenomenal. I have no doubt that it's gonna impact a lot of folks. And before we head out, is there anything that you wanna shout out or plug?
0: Yeah, just a couple of things. I would say, get the book, The Magic of Surrender on Amazon. On the paperback version, it's updated. Uh, if someone's listening and they f- you feel inspired by this conversation, maybe you feel ready for your next level for real. Maybe you feel that uh, you've been put on the planet for a purpose bigger than yourself. Twice a year, I do an event in Bali. It's called Boundless Bliss, the Bali Breakthrough Experience. Uh, this is my last year in 2023 doing this particular event. And the next one is July the 28th through August the 8th. Uh, you can find out more info at www.BoundlessBlissBali.com. That's BoundlessBlissBali.com. Uh, yeah, it's it's a life-changing 12 days where I use bali as a seminar room without walls so if you feel ready for the next level join me there this july and my main website coot blackson instagram coot blackson and facebook coot love now
1: again thank you so much for being here this is phenomenal i appreciate you thanks. i hope you enjoyed thanks again to coot for coming onto the show and sharing all of the wisdom that he has imparted onto us all of the information that you need to follow long coot's journey on the internet along with all of his offerings can be found in the show notes thank you for being here i hope you are taking care of yourself please drink water breathe deep take a moment to just gather yourself and not feel overwhelmed by life and just remember you're on time you are on time all right i'll talk to y'all next week